Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wake and take. Thursday morning. What's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Jason Alwine is in the chat, the usual host of this show. Jason, what's up? Good to see you in chat. Everybody go say happy birthday to Jason if you haven't already. It was his birthday, I believe, two days ago. Happy birthday, Jason. Hope you're doing well. Harry Snowman in the chat. Always good to see you. Uh, Anthony in the chat. Keep your eyes on the road. Hans got this. Uh, I probably do, but last time last time I was hosting Wake and Take instead of Jason, um, fell off the rails a little bit and got, I don't know, uh, show went 20 minutes longer than usual, but uh, we're, we're here. Uh, Chef says, good morning. Good morning. Corey says, Inahan, we trust. Thank you. It's the first time anybody's ever said that. Uh, Harry, uh, Harry Snowman. Uh, Gogo, Jin, good morning. Uh, Dakota says, what's up? All city. Watch hands, which I've already done. And shout out Max for the super sticker. Welcome to Wake and Take. Uh, usually you see Jason Elwine and his beautiful face on the screen. Today you're going to have to deal with me. Um, and uh, it's fun. We're going to make it work. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, Thursday night football week seven. Uh, reason I was a couple minutes late was uh, right before I was about to go live. I saw the tweet that Trevor Lawrence uh, is going to be a game time decision. Uh, for tonight, and if uh, he doesn't go, C.J. Beathard is going to start. Um, so I opened up a C.J. Beathard tab, uh, and my laptop jammed. It's always a good omen, uh, so we're here now. Shout out Harry Snowman, always always, uh, always a good friend of the program, and you're going to be great at hunt. I appreciate you. So today's agenda we're going to talk about NFL trade rumors, the uh, trade uh, deadlines a couple weeks out. Uh, we're going to talk about what's happened so far, which is, spoiler alert, basically nothing. Um, and then we're just going to, you know, talk some uh, of the takes that we're passionate about and anything you guys want to talk about in chat as usual. And uh, then uh, we will get into some Thursday night football and then week seven action. Uh, but you know, you, you know me and uh, you know how we, we, we run the program around here. We're gonna we're gonna take care of whatever the chat wants to talk about first up. Max says, "Would you like to? Uh, would you still like to start the Jacksonville defense if Lawrence is out? Do you mean the Saints defense? Well, regardless, I'm starting both defenses tonight, and we'll talk more about Thursday night football. But this has potential uh, to be very ugly. Even if Trevor Lawrence is starting, um, I want to play the Saints defense tonight. Um, even uh, you know, regardless of." You know whether Jamal Williams is is having a huge role or not tonight. I want the Jacksonville defense um, just for that turnover potential uh, surrounding Derek Carr um, and the fact that the Jacksonville pass rush has actually you know been it, kind of up and down, but uh, they have some upside. So I actually like both defenses tonight, um, and we'll we'll get into to why shortly. Anthony, what's up? Appreciate the kind words. Uh, if tonight is ugly, are both kickers still in play for degenerates? Absolutely. So for those of you who, who are not too familiar with, with me, so uh, I work with betting um, at Player Profiler. We do bet openly content, articles and stuff. Uh, and I'm the host of the Pick and Power Hour with Trevor Tipton at FFC later. Um, and yesterday, uh, you know, we do a Wednesday show, we do a Friday show. And yesterday we talked about our favorite plays for Thursday Night Football and my pick. Brandon McManus, over one and a half field goals made. Uh, just to give you a sense of how ugly this game might be. Yes, I like both kickers today. Uh, well, Jamal Williams uh, activated from IR. Bye-bye, Kendra Miller. Very sad. For now, bye-bye, Kendra Miller. Um, and hello, Jamal Williams. And speaking of Jamal Williams, just feel feels like I need to start off the show. Just top of the show, I need to acknowledge uh, some, of the, some of the things um, that have happened through the first six weeks. 
just in general to, to get things just off my chest. Um, first off, speaking of Jamal Williams, shout out David Montgomery, friend of the program. Just, uh, I have no idea if my laptop just jammed again and my screen froze, um, but I'm going to give it a few seconds to sink in. But I'm just going to get through this this agenda real quick. Shout out David Montgomery, friend of the program, player profiler. Everybody here was right about him. Uh, solid football player that gets on, on this elite situation in Detroit and balls out. Um, somebody give me a signal if my screen has frozen. Uh, feels like, uh, feels like uh, you know, last time when I hosted Wake and Take, Everything was fine, and there were no technical difficulties at the very least. Um, that might be changing this week. We will see. Give it just a few seconds uh, to settle in. Are we back? Screen is good here. Fantastic. Okay, and now my laptop is on jam. We're back. Anyway, shout out David Montgomery, friend of the program. Uh, for some reason, his Vegas uh, line for the season uh, for rushing touchdowns with six and a half. He's at six. So rest up, King. We need you for one more. Um, uh, so so shout out to him. Uh, Want to mention just outright, a lot of us were bamboozled by the New York Giants. Um, can we all agree that Darren Waller is a fraud? And if if not, then we can talk more about it. If we can all agree and move on, we're good, right? Okay. Darren Waller is a fraud. Uh, he's been getting the volume, um, just has not gotten the production because he's not making the contested catches. He's not getting open. Uh, so wh what is bro doing out there? Uh, and, you know, they, they tried to go to him in the end zone with Tyrod Taylor last time. You can argue a little bit of a, of a DPI there. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the Giants roster is not good. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too happy with what we've seen uh, from Darren Waller so far. Uh, tight end finishes of 18, then 4, then 25, 26, 7, tight end 13. Uh, and this is a guy that you drafted for the top three upside. Um, Waller got stolen right in front of me. A few drafts couldn't be happier. I was the guy that, you know, I would be that guy in the draft room that would steal Waller from you because I would take him um, maybe a couple of spots ahead of ADP. So there, that that that's, that was one of my big L's of the offseason. Just got to acknowledge that. Uh more takes. The Browns' defense uh, is the best in the NFL. And if there are 49ers fans in the chat, my co-host on the Pick and Power Hour is a 49ers fan. Um, and he seems to be on the same page with me on this one. The 49ers roster is deep, um, you know, from top to bottom. But the Browns' defense, just the defense, could be the best in the NFL. They've had a 97th percentile or better defensive success rate in four of their five games. And uh, that just means... Defensive success rate is just the, um, the or a defensive success is a play where the offense uh, does not put together a positive EPA play. Uh, so the Browns defense number one in the NFL. Uh, I'll, I'll stand by that. They rank number one in pressure rate, number seven in pass rush win rate, uh, but number one in run stop win rate as well. Uh, Browns and Jets defense are both overcoming bad QB play to get wins. I want I I want it I want to. You know, since this was brought up, I want to mention that um, there were a few people at this company, including myself, and probably led by me, um, that, you know, was on the anti-Jets train this offseason. And I want to clarify that, um, you know, if you read my article this offseason about uh, season-long bets, uh, we had the Jets uh, on under nine and a half wins. And if you read that, I gave the utmost respect to that Jets defense, right? And I, I said they're going to – they were top five last year. They're going to be top five again. Um, but even with top five defensive production, um, I don't see them winning 10 games with Aaron Rodgers, given how subpar efficiency-wise he was. And if you look at metrics that don't have to do with the weapons he had, he was subpar um, without Devontae Adams, right, in his first season without Devontae Adams. And obviously Garrett Wilson was going to help with that. But my other take was – this Browns pass catching room or Browns, this Jets pass catching room is not that good. Um, outside of Garrett Wilson, it's uninspiring. Alan Lazard cannot separate. Um, Nicole Hardman, who we'll touch on in just a bit, um, is not good. Um, spoiler, you know, I I I gave you all the spoiler this offseason. Nicole Hardman was not good. Uh Randall Cobb is 50 years old. Um, you know, don't quote me on that, but 
Um, that Outside of Garrick Wilson, what does that Jets pass-catching room have to offer? I warned you that the defense is going to have to carry this team. Um, and Zach Wilson has been not the worst, uh, right? He's been slightly better than expected the last couple of weeks. Um, and the Jets defense has been playing out of their mind. And I mentioned in my article, they're going to win at least seven, maybe eight, uh, maybe even nine games just on the back of that defense, but I don't see them winning 10. Um, and it's going to be a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, if he was healthy, the Jets would have won 10 games. It would have been Super Bowl contenders. It's going to be a shame that we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers fully healthy for a season because we're going to have to live with this coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, and I do not accept the fact that they would have won 10 games with Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to win 10 games now. They're not going to win 10 games no matter when Aaron Rodgers gets back. I'm going to stand by that. And I'm sorry if you're a Jets fan. It's not happening. Uh, do you like Browns over Cowboys rest of season? Um, I assume this is talking about fantasy defense. Uh, and yes, I will take the Browns fantasy defense over the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys have potential to give up a lot of points to bury some very good offenses. Um, you know, with Trayvon digs out um, and uh, the Browns pass rush is just, their roster was built to be the best defense in the NFL. And it's something I'm not surprised by. So I will take the Browns defense rest of season over the Cowboys rest of season. It's hard to rag on the Jets after they lost Rodgers. No one saw him getting injured on the first. This is, we're done talking about the Jets because um, uh, th- there's going to be a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda, and I'm just not accepting the fact that Rodgers um, was going to you know make this team a Super Bowl contender, um, especially because, like Daniel says, pushing 40. Um, recent trade discussion in the league, Kareem Hunt and Rashid Shahid for T. Higgins. Redraft is that a terrible offer? Uh, I do not see Kareem Hunt having the type of role that's sustainable for a full season that I, I guess we got from him him last week. And it wasn't even that he had a big role; it's because he he found the end zone. Um, I do like Rashid Shahid, and we'll talk about him in the context of Thursday Night Football. Uh, Rashid Shahid was perhaps uh, I, I I I feel pretty confident in saying that he was my top exposure wide receiver in best ball drafts this offseason outside of the first five rounds. Um, but yeah, going back to, to Kareem Hunt, he got 71 yards last week with a touchdown, RB12 on the week. Uh, that's cute and all, but this Browns offense is not going to be great even when uh, Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, so I, 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 as someone who hasn't been as high on Bengals receivers, you know, pretty much the entire the entire season. I'm still taking the Higgins side of this. I pretty much see this as Shahid and someone with not a lot of upside for Higgins. So I like the Higgins side of this. Thoughts on Jerome Ford in Dynasty. What happens when Chubb gets back next year, uh, asks Paul. Uh, Jerome Ford is a very interesting scenario. Uh, so obviously we, we like him this year. Um, he's he's going to get a ton of volume, especially because, you know, I'm not I'm not sold on Kareem Hunt. Um, there's something to be said that Jerome Ford was a fifth round pick. And of course, draft capital doesn't mean anything uh, or <laughs> draft capital doesn't mean everything, um, but it's going to mean a little bit. You know, you, you look at his his athletic profile and it, and it's fine. Uh, you know, a speed guy, 87 percentile, you know, 40 speed. Um, he was efficient in college, but not someone that was a huge pass catcher in college. Uh, you know, a decent dominator, uh, you know, not a lot of burst. Um, I, I feel like this is the time to sell high on Jerome Ford. And if that sounds, you know, very, you know, kind of like, you, you might say it sounds corny. It might, you might say it sounds like kind of textbook, like sell high on the guy that's having to start because of an injury, but it just is what it is. I don't see the upside from Jerome Ford that you can, you, you would see with a lot of other running backs that aren't even playing right now, such as a Kendra Miller, right? Like you see more upside with Kendra Miller. Uh, so I feel like Jerome Ford, this is the time to sell. Toronto Dave, what's up? Good to see you in chat. Says, the need for Shahid. I'm going to use that. Uh, would you swap Laporta for Andrews or hold Laporta, says Max. Um, I'm going to open up the seasonal rankings. Probably should have done that before the show. Um, personally, you know, uh, I was one of the highest people on, if that sounds crazy, do not clip that. Um, I was one of the people highest on Sam Laporta entering this offseason. I said he was going to be the exception to the don't draft rookie tight ends 
uh, mantra, so to speak. Um, I I would take Sam Laporta rest of season over Mark Andrews. Um, I think it's close, uh, maybe by even uh, one spot. Um, and if you head over to playerprofiler.com and you look at the half PPR rest of season rankings at tight end, um, Billy and Dario, who are analytics gurus, disagree with me on this. Mark Andrews is two spots higher, um, but I think, it, like uh, like it has been said in chat, uh, Andrews and Laporta are very close. I feel like you could get consensus to agree with you that Andrews is slightly ahead of Laporta. Uh, so if you could get, if you could somehow swap, um, you know, if you could, if you could, if you were on the Andrews side and you could get Laporta plus a, a high upside second piece, you know, maybe like a handcuff running back with with huge upside or a, or a wide receiver too, you know, I, I would make that trade. But if you have Laporta, hold, because uh, I, I don't think the consensus is going to agree with you uh, that uh, Mark Andrews is, uh, you know, is going to be uh, worse than Laporta rest of season. Daniel says, Ridley tonight or wait with Lockett, uh, Josh Downs, or Deontay Johnson still playing ETM though. And I guess we're, we're kind of heading into the Thursday night football preview at this point. So uh, Ridley tonight scares me. I'll say this. Um, I know it's, it's up to you if you guys want me to want me to talk about everything Thursday night football on one go or not. Ridley tonight scares me. Uh, Lockett does not. I absolutely love Tyler Lockett um, this, uh, you know, this weekend in weeks in week seven. And if the question is Ridley tonight or wait with Lockett Downs or Deontay Johnson, if that means that you'd have to, if you don't play Ridley tonight, you'd have to play all three of those. I would still play Ridley because uh, I'm not, um, you know, Josh Downs, but we love Josh Downs. Um, good player um, has been getting, you know, uh, the the opportunities lately. Um, if D Johnson really means Deontay Johnson, I'm not convinced um, that he's going to, you know, be a hundred percent this weekend. I'm still playing Ridley and then waiting to, to see more on Deontay Johnson, um, you know, this weekend. Um, and if, if he goes off on our benches, I will be fine with that. If, 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 uh, if that's what it means, but I just can't pass up on the upside of Calvin Ridley as the clear number one on an offense that, you know, is trying to pass the ball just as simple as that. So I'm, I'm still starting Ridley tonight. Do I feel good about it? Uh, would y'all rather have uh, through the bye, Cuba or Tajay Spears? Can't have both with injuries to Montgomery and Roshan. Uh, so the question is, Cuba Hubbard or Tajay Spears? And uh, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a great transition into perhaps the thumbnail of this episode, which is uh, related to the Tennessee Titans. Um, and uh, on this matter specifically, uh, I will take Cuba Hubbard. Uh, the the chance that that uh, Derrick Henry just starts getting used, you know, more than he he wants to use them or they want to use him, they they could put Derrick Henry's volume through the roof and send him into retirement, so to speak. And hopefully that didn't come off the wrong way, but they could grind him into the ground um, going forward. So for that reason. Because Derrick Henry is still getting all the red zone usage, even with the emergence of Tajay Spears, we'll take Chuba Hubbard there. Anthony says, "Start your studs." Not always, but in this case, it's tricky. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna take the pill and start Calvin Ridley tonight. More takeaways before we we get into the main course of action. How about Matthew Stafford? He's a uh, Matthew Stafford is someone that I I owe an apology to. You know, speaking of L's, you know, the, I wouldn't say this was necessarily a huge L on my part to say that the Rams were not going to be great this season. Uh, but if you if you've seen some of my content, you, you you saw that I when Cooper Cup got hurt, I shipped him off for for middleish players, and that was an L uh, because I thought that the Rams would have a mediocre offense and a really bad defense. Uh, in a, in a sense, I owe more an apology more of an apology to Sean McVay, but I thought they would be bad on defense, mediocre on offense because Matthew Stafford is aging. He's taken so many hits in his career. I thought this would be a below average team. And for that reason, I thought Cooper cup was not going to um, be forced to come back. You know, he wouldn't be back on time. I, I didn't have a doubt that when he came back, he would be good. I had a doubt that he would actually come back, uh, which was 
uh, in hindsight, ridiculous. Uh, he has 266 yards in two games. Um, I, you know, it feels like the Patriots don't have 266 yards on offense the entire season. Uh, and, you know, as a Patriots fan, um, that's how it feels. Um, but my pain aside, uh, Cooper Cup is, is all the way back. Puka Nakua still earning his volume because he is good at football. But the difference between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua is that Cooper Cup is elite enough as an athlete to draw that those end zone targets, uh, you know, when, when uh, you know, the Rams have nothing, you know, in their bag offensively. If they run out of tricks, they can always just spam the ball to Cooper Cup in the red zone. Um, but the combination of Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and the other, you know, sort of role players like like a Tyler Higby and uh, the, uh, you know, the Tutu Atwells of the world. Um, Matthew Stafford is a viable quarterback rest of season. And I also want to address to Zach Evans, um, the, the, you know, supposed number one running back on the Rams uh, for now. He ranked outside the top 15 in this year's class by the Breakout Finder model. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Breakout Finder model, you know, ahead of drafts, you know, next offseason, you can just go download the Breakout Finder app on, on the App Store, and it's $5, you know, basically the price of a cup of coffee, uh, $5, and uh, you get running back and wide receiver prospect um, sort of, it's a model that tells you sort of how good they are, how likely they are to be a game changer in fantasy football. And Zach Evans ranked outside of the top 15 in his own class, this year's class, um, because he wasn't a high draft capital guy. He was a good, not phenomenal athlete. Um, nothing about Zach Evans pops off the pages. Yeah, this guy um, can lead a, a backfield for half a season um, and be that guy. Uh, so uh, to add to all of that, Oh, by the way, the Rams just signed uh, Daryl Henderson, um, an old friend of the program, um, an old friend of the Rams program. Um, and remember when C.J. Anderson was a top seven fantasy running back in week 16 and 17 of 2018? That could be Daryl Henderson. Um, and I see people blowing 50% of fab sometimes uh, on Zach Evans. And may I suggest you rethink how you approach fab if that's what you're doing. Billy says he had a solid breakout rating prior to the draft capital update. I think uh, he had a decent uh, breakout rate. So I was I was uh, doing some breakout finder content. Um, I believe he was barely inside the top ten. Um, and yes, the draft capital hurt him, but I still think he was below. You know, a lot of the other guys like like a Kend he was below Kendra Miller. He's below Tajay Spears. Like this guy does not pop off the page as a talent that could be one of those guys. If that makes sense. Uh, Gross starts a question. Would you rather start Elijah Moore, um, probably 10 targets for 11 yards, uh, or Jameson Williams, probably two targets for 83 yards, PPR? Uh, that is indeed a gross, gross question. Um, and I feel like Jameson Williams, you know, we've had this, this is Jameson Williams bust discussion, you know, led by the podfather on, uh, on player profiler, um, you know, um, you know, many a time. Uh, I'm taking Elijah Moore this this uh, this weekend. He's facing a Colts defense that just hasn't been, um, you know, inspiring in any you know in any department really. Um, they, they've been slightly better than I anticipated given their roster, but they're still not been great. Uh, whereas uh, the Detroit Lions uh, have to contend with the Baltimore Ravens, and the Baltimore Ravens are always going to have this pedigree of being a, a good defense, even though they haven't been putting up the the elite stats defensively this year and they haven't really the last couple of years you know as much as sort of peak ravens defense which is fine but uh, like you said i feel like jameson williams is very dependent on that one bomb he's not a guy that's going to earn um usage and if you get seven targets out of elijah moore it feels like he's going to outscore jameson williams i'll take elijah moore someone says would you sell herbert for alvin Kamara or target another rb i have purdy as well and have Bijan gibb roshan and a chain on ir uh, yeah, a chain on IR uh, with a couple of these guys stashed and a four and two record. Um, sounds like you're in one QB, in which case, yes, I would sell Herbert for uh, Alvin Kamara. But if you are looking to target another RB as well, uh, maybe get someone higher in the seasonal rankings than Alvin Kamara. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be that guy, uh, you know, not to the extent that he was with the Detroit Lions 
with that goal line work and that elite offensive line. But Jamal Williams is going to be that guy that steals a lot of the goal line touches from Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has aged, and I'm not saying he's washed, but he's going to Jamal Williams is going to get steal some of that work. Jalen Warren or Zach Evans this week, absolutely gross um, for the, the the touchdown upside. Um, you know they're they're facing each other uh, for the touchdown upside. Uh, I will take uh, I will take Jalen Warren here because um, I think there's a, a lot fewer mouths to compete with. If that's a that's even a regional phrase, I'll take Jalen Warren. What do you think of Gaskins to the Rams? Better choice uh, than the other RBs. Um, are you saying that? Oh, are are you saying to pick up Miles Gaskin because he's on the Rams now? Um, I I so here's the thing with the Rams. It's John McVay. Um, if you aren't familiar, he's going to be he's going to be led by workhorse, right? He's gonna he's got once once you're through one quarter of a Rams game, you're gonna know that that dude is getting the ball the rest of the way, essentially, right? And last year we dealt with that with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. And uh, on on underdog, there's a cool feature, um, you know, where you can pick pickums for over unders. But you can also pick, uh, you know, something called rivals, where you pick which of two players is going to get more. And you don't care what production they get as long as one gets more than the other. Um, and something that was a wagon for me last year was Daryl Henderson to have more production than Cam Akers, um, because regardless of game script, it's just like, yeah, I'm guessing that he's going to be the guy. Um, and Miles Gaskin is a guy that I've pushed a lot in the past. Um, you know, because, you know, his peripherals, not bad. Um, but it, I'm going to say this. If he couldn't beat out Jeff Wilson in uh, Miami in an offense where running backs are going to thrive, um, the hope is kind of kind of fading for him. So I'm not necessarily – I'm, I'm, I'm for, for all intents and purposes, off the Gaskins trade, um, you know, and I will take Zach Evans over him uh, rest of the way. And I also think Daryl Henderson, if you're in a deep league and Daryl Henderson is sitting on the waiver wire – uh, go pick him up. Would you start Gibbs and Craig Reynolds together or just Gibbs and a guy like Rushy Rice? Um, I would – well, this week Craig Reynolds is hurt, which brings me to, uh, you know, an excellent segue uh, that there's a guy who was fantastic in college, just an absolute dog. Um, he was undrafted. I was very surprised that he went undrafted. He was an undrafted running back, which is why you, you don't hear about him a lot in the fantasy world. Um, but in his last season in college, he played 12 games. He had 320 carries almost 1,700 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns. Um, and he is the only – he's the most healthy running back in the Detroit Lions organization right now, and his name is Mohamed Ibrahim. Um, there we go. Anthony says Ibrahim. Mohamed Ibrahim um, is going to be that guy that I, – I, I'm going to say it right now. Mohamed Ibrahim gets called up from the practice squad – he scores a touchdown this week, and half of my Twitter timeline goes, who? Not remembering that he was an absolute dog in college. Love Mo Ibrahim, and I hope he, he gets a touchdown this week. Uh, McVay and Shanahan are the same with RB rooms outside of CMC. In a sense, McVay really loves that that uh, workhorse situation. But I feel like we're, we, we need to get in the meat of the program very soon, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the meat of the program, uh, which is NFL trade rumors. So – move so what what's happened so far uh basically nothing uh you know not trade but julio jones signed a one-year deal with the philadelphia eagles i'm not gonna say i'm moved by this um julio jones not even close to the player he once was um but i will say this there has been one quote-unquote significant uh trade that has happened um, and it happened yesterday with Nicole Hardman to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm seeing on my timeline that Nicole Hardman to the Chiefs is significant, but Julio Jones to the Eagles is not. Like, we need to be so much better. Like, we, as a community, as a fantasy football community, um, as NFL fans, um, as just a group of sports lovers, we need to be so much better as a group than saying that Miko Hardman to the Chiefs moves us, but Julio Jones doesn't. Because if I had to pick one of those moves that actually moves me a little bit, it's Julio Jones to the Eagles. Because Quez Watkins was not was not it um, as the wide receiver three on the Eagles. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. That's still the big three in Philadelphia. Alongside that run game, which we obviously know with the Eagles, that's, that's their MO. Uh, they want to run the football. 
when they have leads, they're going to give DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, the, the workhorse load, um, pause. Uh, they're going to give him, you know, the, the bell cow role. Um, and Julio Jones, he's probably not going to be very relevant in uh, many fantasy football weeks, but could I see him sneak in the end zone a couple weeks? Is is he a very deep sort of like a like a 16-teamer best ball option? Absolutely. Quez Watkins is not good at football, and, you know, they as an organization, the Eagles, have realized this, and as a desperation move, they say, you know what? It can't hurt us to bring in this experience into the room and maybe use him a little bit if he's still got some left in the tank. Nicole Hardman is not good. Like, we need to be so much better. Um, Hardman was putting up decent fancy numbers in his last few games with KC. So let's take a look, right? So Nico Hardman, his last time with Kansas City, his his, his was uh was last year, right? Um, and he was playing alongside kind of similar to the same core as what it is right now. Ahead of him in the depth chart, Kadarius Tony, who is pretty much has the same role as he uh, who had the same role as he ha- as he has now, which is please try to get open and secure a football, um, you know, with your two gloves. Um, you know, every once in a while, uh, and when he doesn't, you know, score a touchdown, he's kind of irrelevant. Um, Miko Hardman was playing behind him, uh, was playing behind, uh, you know, alongside, so to speak, Sky Moore, who was irrelevant last year, looking like irrelevant this year, um, and playing behind Travis Kelsey, obviously, and also playing behind Juju Smith-Schuster, who is more of a yak guy last year and not, you know, you know, a shell of himself from last year. Um, than than his prime, right? Miko Hardman, his fantasy football finishes um, on the season, wide receiver 42, 61, 113, 101, 32, 28, and here comes the hot stretch, wide receiver three in week seven against San Francisco when he found the end zone, uh, and wide receiver six in week nine against the Tennessee Titans when he found the end zone. Um, And oh, by the way, the wide receiver 28 week, was a week where he found the end zone. So this guy is not someone that's going to earn volume. Um, does he have some touchdown upside with how shorthanded the Chiefs wide receivers are, um, you know, this year? I guess, but this is not someone I will start pretty much any week. If you're in one of, if, unless you're in a best ball league, um, I have no interest in Miko Hardman the rest of the season. Rashi Rice is good at football um, and they will feed Isaiah Pacheco, they will feed Travis Kelsey, obviously, um, and they'll feed Rashi Rice because they're, they, they, they've started to realize that Rashi Rice is going to be the guy that makes plays for you. Um, and by the way, Miko Hardman's still going to be behind in the depth chart, um, behind Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is not good at football. Um, Miko Hardman does not inspire me. Uh, we have to be so much better than saying he, you know, this is this is a, a needle mover. Um, and this is for a wide receiver room um, in Kansas City that is not good. Um, and I'll touch upon this at, at the end of the show as well. Neither moves the dial. Hardman replaces Richie James, who he is going to be good for a clutch catch per game before he gets hurt. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Chiefs are just getting bodies for the playoffs, teaching young guys what they want. Uh, Hardman will have, worth, uh, have 10 catches, rest of the season worth value. Pretty much the Chiefs fan. Uh, wait, are you a Chiefs fan? Did I just assume that? I think I just assumed that from the colors of your logo. Anyway, um, one more agenda item, uh, you know, about about the trading block uh, for for the NFL is just the the wide list of names that are potentially on the move and how few of them I see actually getting moved. Devontae added that Hunter Renfro from the Raiders theoretically on the move. Um, do I think the Raiders uh, would be smart? To, to ship off their guys because I think their last two wins were two of the most fraudulent wins of the NFL season and the Raiders are not actually that good. Yeah, I, th- I think the Raiders should trade Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Um, do I think they will? I'm not sure what what to make of that organization. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Chef says Bears fan. Oh, <laughs> Bears fan. If, if, if you... If, if, you're, if you're into playerprofiler.com slash articles, if you're into betting... Um, you might want to read my article. It's coming out today at 4 p.m. Eastern time for today's, uh, you know, this Sunday's best bets. I am headed to the Bears Raiders game. Uh, and I may have just spoiled with what I just said, what side I'm on there. But uh, this Tyson Bajan, um versus Brian Hoyer battle is going to be one for the ages. And I can't believe that's a sentence I said in 2023, but here we are. Um, more uh, 
you know, trade trade guys. Jerry Judy, you know, Steve Smith may have ended his career with what he said, but uh, I think Jerry Judy is just we know who he is by now. He's going to be someone that's above replacement, but barely, right? He's He could be the wide receiver three for a team. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that the Chiefs wide receiver room is, is not good, and Miko Herdman is not an upgrade, like, at all. Um, and I think something that um, – that, you know, I think is realistically not going to happen. But, you know, if the Chiefs were, were you know, had had any shame with what their wide receiver room is doing right now, just take a look at this. The Chiefs wide receiver room was already subpar, and Justin Watson was their second-best receiver, um, according to receiving grade by PFF. Justin Watson was actually getting open downfield a couple of times per game, giving Patrick Mahomes a window to make a deep pass, you know, Get get me a forty yard catch to, to open up a drive to get things going. Justin Watson was filling in that deep threat kind of I'll catch a bomber two in a game role, and that was their second best wide receiver. Uh, and you know Rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey, those are the guys. And after that, it looks bleak um, when Justin Watson is your second best wide receiver. If the Chiefs don't pick up their phone, um, you know and call teams asking for their good wide receivers, um, right? Good is the key here. Not Miko Hardman. Like we, we, we gotta, I really hope for Patrick Mahomes sake, Miko Hardman is not the, the answer according to the organization. If they're smart, they're going to call the Broncos and say, yeah, it's within division, but what's going to be the cost on Jerry Judy? Um, you know, Jerry Judy is someone that would move the needle for the Kansas city chiefs because it's another capable wide receiver that could win some routes. Uh, you know, same goes for Cortland Sutton, but I don't think they're going to trade Cortland Sutton to the Chiefs. Um, and then with other teams, more wide receivers that could be could be up for grabs. The Patriots are not going anywhere. Um, how about call the Patriots and ask them: Is Kendrick Bourne, you know, available for it to be, a, you know, somewhat of a slot guy? Is can we get old friend Juju Smith-Schuster back back on the team? And I think Juju is not very good anymore, but is he better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Yeah, probably. Um, Call the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what's going on there with Kyler Murray, but, you know, is Marquise Brown available? Is Darno Mooney available, Chicago? Because Darno Mooney is better than what the Bears have, you know, made him out to be. Darno Mooney is would be the third-best wide receiver at worst. Actually, second-best wide receiver. I consider Kelsey as a receiver. Probably the second-best wide receiver, right, after Kelsey and Rashi Rice. Darno Mooney would, uh, would help the Chiefs. Um, you know, call these people. Call the Tennessee Titans and ask for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, someone says, I thought the Chiefs would have tried to buy low and Claypool like Miami did. Absolutely. And Miami is, you know, kind of knows what they are on offense. They want to get these speed guys to help to attack of Iloa. And I think that that Chase Claypool, um, you know, move was a phenomenal buy low. It's definition of buy low. This is someone that could be a red zone target. Um, he could be something. Uh, so the Kansas City Chiefs need to do something like that. Is Roshan a green light if he plays? I need an RB2. Uh, Dylan Warren, Edwards, Justice Hill also have Jamal Williams sitting on waivers. Uh, first off, I think Jamal Williams needs to be owned. Do I start him today? No. Um, is A.J. Dillon good at football? No. Um, did they did the Packers add to their uh, running back room by signing James Robinson? And do I think James Robinson might actually be better than A.J. Dillon? Yes. Uh, so, no, I'm not excited about A.J. Dillon. No, I'm not excited about starting Jamal Williams today. I think Warren is a fine upside play, um, you know, more so than the, the trying to guess which Ravens running back possibly gets a touchdown. Uh, is Roshan a green light if he plays? Um, yes, but also I'm not of the belief that he's going to be 100% and they could sort of somewhat manage their their uh, their rookie running back. Um, if Roshan is, you know, if we get reports that he's 100%, I'm starting Roshan of anybody on this list. But other than that, I'm starting Jalen Warren. Jameer Gibbs or Roshan, it both start. Jameer Gibbs, um, just for the upside in that that Detroit uh, offense, the pass catching, presumably. And presumably, Jameer Gibbs is, is going to play, um, and Mohamed Ibrahim might be the one that steals the touchdown, but I'm still starting Jameer Gibbs. Uh, trade, redraft DK and Kittle for Andrews. That means DK Metcalf, absolutely not. No, DK Metcalf's upside has not been seen yet. Uh, we need Roshan to practice today. Absolutely. 
And speaking of the Tennessee Titans, I feel like I need to get to, to the last main item of the show, which is the Tennessee Titans. And it would be a disservice to all of you if I went through the, the show without properly addressing the thumbnail of this episode. Uh, I mean, in the meanwhile, someone says, does this mean Aaron injury, Aaron Jones injury is more serious? I'll say this. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury since last year. He was dealing with a hamstring injury this year. He re-aggravated it in that game against Chicago. He got a bye week, and he's still not, you know, fully healthy. It's concerning. I think it's serious. Um, I think the Ravens beat the Lions this weekend. Thoughts? Uh, they're, they're favorites. Um, I, I feel like this, you know, do the Ravens deserve to be a full field goal favorites against the Lions? Maybe not. It's probably going to be the best game of, of, of the slate. Um, but Baltimore at home, you know, John Harbaugh is, is good against the spread. He's favored in this one. So I could see the Ravens uh, smacking down the Detroit Lions, finally humbling them. But also the Detroit Lions offense is just good. I think it's time to accept that Jared Goff might be good, guys. Just you don't want to say it, but I want to say it. Jared Goff is good. Uh, trade Kamara Sutton Moss for James Cook, Justin Herbert, T. Higgins, and Kirk. One quarterback redraft off the dome. Uh, you know, so you're you're saying you're 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 going to ship off Kamara Sutton and Moss for James Cook. So I'm not a believer in James Cook. I've never been. Uh, you know, I I was all this off season. I was completely on the Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are both going to steal goal line touches from James Cook because James Cook is not that guy, buddy. Um, but I would still do this trade. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to continue getting more of the workload for the um, the uh, the Colts because money talks. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to get some of that work stolen from Jamal Williams. Uh, James Cook, uh, you know, has upside just because he has been a decent runner this this season, um, and it's a good offense. Um, but yes, I would make that trade. I think the the upside, uh, and I, I I would assume Kirk means Christian Kirk here. Love Christian Kirk. Have loved Christian Kirk all offseason. I think he could possibly be Christian Kirk. You know, even more than T Higgins. You know, could be the best player in this package. Uh, so I like that trade. Um, so, I, so we're, we're down to business. We're going to have to address this thumbnail, right? So the Tennessee Titans, let's have a little conversation, um, about the Tennessee Titans. And if there are any Tennessee Titans fans in the chat, please show yourself because I want to talk directly to you and I have nothing against Tennessee Titans fans. Um, I have nothing against Mike Vrabel because actually I love Mike Vrabel. I think he's possibly the strength, the strength of this team. Um, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. So this offseason, I made a tweet, innocent, harmless tweet, that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to win uh, the division, the AFC South. Um, and I said, you look at this division, right, obviously the Colts and the Texans, I kind of glazed over, not glazed, uh, I kind of brushed over the fact that they were in a rebuild and they probably weren't going to be serious uh, division contenders this this season. Um, and so you look at the Jags and you look at the Titans and the Jags are favorites in the division. Um, and I think, and basically my point was, I don't see a way in which the Jags lose the division to the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, the t Titans are always somewhat of a sleeper just because Mike Vrabel is good. He finds ways to win games. People, you know, love to, to, to pretend that running backs matter to the extent that you know, if you have a mediocre quarterback, mediocre pass catching room, mediocre defense, but you have Derrick Henry, somehow you're a contender. You know, I was thrilled to fade the Tennessee Titans when they faced uh, the the Bengals in the playoffs a few years ago. Um, but this is about this season. This is about going for the Tennessee Titans and their future. And something that Anand Nduri mentioned on the decision point with the Podfather this offseason was the Tennessee Titans need to figure out who they are. They need to figure out are we an organization that kind of pretends to be good every single season goes into the season with this mediocre throughout the, throughout the roster, mediocre group of players and put the ball in the court of Mike Rabel and say, lead us King. Um, are they going to just, or are they just going to accept the fact that this team is not a serious title contender with their core. They need to go and rebuild. They need to figure out what their future quarterback is. They need to figure out how they're going to build a pass-catching room that could complement that quarterback. And do we need to rebuild this defense? And are we going to go in Mike Brable's office and tell him, yeah, this is our game plan, and do you want to stick with us through this rebuild or not? 
are they going to be upfront about this or are they going to continue pretending like there's some serious contender and there's some big shots in the AFC? Because the Tennessee Titans, their biggest accomplishment, you know, raised the banner, their biggest accomplishment was they eliminated Tom Brady when he was on the Patriots. Okay, raise the banner. Yeah, after that, you got a one seed. I'm happy for you. Now what? What is the future of the Tennessee Titans uh, organization? And I had I had Titans fans, um, you know, come at me all offseason long. I had re- beat reporters retweet me saying you, uh, you that I'm delusional to think that the Jags are in a much better position to not to contend for a title as soon as this year with that offensive core than uh, the, the Tennessee Titans. And I ask you, what did you see in this roster? What did you see out of the name Ryan Tannehill? Uh, what did you see out of a pass-catching room with an uncertain Traylon Burks in his health, um, a pass-his-prime DeAndre Hopkins that's still granted not not, not bad at football? Uh, what did you see out of Nick Westbrook-Ikine? What did you see out of uh, Derrick Henry in his 30s? What did you see out of this pass funnel defense that made you think this team, yeah, this, 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 this is it. I, I, I want to ask you what you see, and I want to go back to that to that tweet that I made that that, that the Jags are a clear class apart in uh, this AFC South, and I want to apologize to the Houston Texans because I was a big believer in C.J. Stroud, and the fact that I didn't include the Houston Texans in this conversation as the team that could maybe pull off an upset and win this division, I'm sorry. And Anthony Richardson, I'm sorry that I thought you weren't going to be good as a rookie. And he's hurt for the year, and I think that essentially puts the Colts out of division contention. But I'm sorry primarily to the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryans because Texans fans, you should be upset at me for not including you in the in the division discussion, not the Titans. You're 2-4. and four. You're... Your, your mediocre quarterback, below-average quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is out of the picture now. The, the direction for this franchise should be stop with the malpractice of sunk cost fallacy. Stop starting Malik Willis. Stop putting him in a game where he's going to take eight sacks in a span of two possessions. Stop it. Get some help. And start Will Levis. See what you have. Why did you draft Will Levis, a guy that you know some people were saying was going to be a top-five draft pick? Why did you draft him at the 202 if you're going to start Malik Willis? Malik Willis is not good at football. Uh, he's not a starting quarterback in this league. Figure it the hell out. Will Levis, number three in his class uh, in athleticism score at quarterback, 54th percentile college yards per attempt. Is he the next coming of Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. Do, do we think, you know, his his closest comp on player profile is Jay Cutler. Could that be his ceiling? Sure. But he's got an 88th percentile burst score. This guy's a good athlete. He has a good arm. And can he piece it all together as a quarterback and make reads, et cetera? You have to find out. And if you don't, I don't know what this organization is doing. Swallow the ego pill, put it aside, and figure out that the direction of the Tennessee Titans should be rebuild, and it starts with Will Levis. Figure it out. Going back to some of these questions in chat, uh, Dynasty, Superflex, 10 men, and uh, and we have Higgins and two firsts for Stefan Diggs. I want to remind people that we have a tool on playerprofiler.com called the Trade Analyzer, and you could plug in players into the Trade Analyzer for your Dynasty League. You could enter the settings uh, of your league, uh, and you could put in this trade, such as Stefan Diggs, and I will actually screen share to answer this question. You could do something like this. Since this is not a calculation I want to make in my head, um, you know, uh, not being well-informed, I'm going to let the the gurus at Player Profiler and the people who set up this tool answer the question for me. Uh, Two seconds, I assume you mean 224 seconds. Let's input this into the the trade analyzer. And uh, assuming this is, oh, it's super flex. I should have inputted that. And it sounds like the T. Higgins and two second round picks is the side to go. There you go. Uh, Got a a super chat here from Max. Which RB would you target with that Herbert trade? Uh, Could you remind me which Herbert trade, please? 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence or Matthew Stafford this week? Matthew Stafford by far. Not not thrilled about Trevor Lawrence. And before we we head off on the show, we'll talk uh, just a couple minutes about Thursday night football. Stafford over T. Law since the Rams have to air it out. There you go. Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, by the way, not great. Uh, thanks for the help. No problem, Jesse. Any advice on a trade? If I was to trade Sane Brown and Hawkinson, would Gibbs, Laporta, and Flowers be, uh, or should I hold both players? If this is redraft, I am, uh, I'm, I'm actually, regardless, I'm, I'm keeping uh, Sane Brown and TJ Hawkinson. Sane Brown ceiling rest of the season, wide receiver one. TJ Hawkinson ceiling rest of the season, tight end two. Uh, I am keeping St. Brown and uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, the critics all disappear when they're wrong. Spot on. Um, if Levis is mediocre, it would be better than Tannehill. Absolutely. And I, if, you know, I feel like the, the, the floor for Will Levis feels like a, like a Zach Wilson floor, as in, like, there is a chance he's a turnover machine and he just doesn't know what he's doing right away, which is fine. Finding out is better than pretend or putting your fans in delusion that this that this organization knows what it's doing, which it doesn't right now. Uh, Cop CJ Stroud for twenty percent fab in a super flex this morning. Why is CJ Stroud on your waiver wire in a super flex league? Tell your league mates to figure it out after you win this league. Jesus Christ. I'm screwed at quarterback. Start Carr, Mayfield, or Russell Wilson. I don't think you're screwed at quarterback because I think those options are decent this week. I'm starting uh, Baker Mayfield this week. Um, am I am I right that he's facing the uh, uh, Falcons? Uh, yes, I am. Baker Mayfield. Uh, as always, we appreciate the insurance uh, or reassurance. No problem. Titan sell. Here's an idea from Chef. Titan sell. DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, what do they even get? Uh, Hopkins, fourth, Henry, fourth, Tannehill, sixth. If the Titans can somehow ship off DeAndre Hopkins, a broken Derrick Henry, and a finished Ryan Tannehill and get three round draft uh, three draft picks out of it, my hat's off to them for starting to figure it out. Uh, finally, uh, you know, Final thing on the agenda, and we kind of touched on Thursday Night Football a little bit, but I want to wrap this show up uh, in a couple minutes so we can get y'all on out of here and back to work slash lunch break for some of you. Um, Thursday Night Football tonight. So Juwan Johnson is out. Zay Jones is out. Jacksonville cornerback Tyson Campbell is out. Left guard Walker Little is out. Defensive tackle uh, Devon Hamilton is out. Jamal Williams uh, probably going to return from the IR. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, if he plays, it threw some pain, but he's a game-time decision. We have no idea what C.J. Beathard wants to do. He's taken a few offensive snaps this season. He's only had two passes, and it was in a 37-17 to blowout. Can't read much into it. Here's what I will say. Main agenda. Uh, the Saints are only one-and-a-half-point favorites. The biggest total is 39-and-a-half. What that means is you might see some really ugly play from the Saints' offense because this Saints team should be beating uh, you know, a Jacksonville team if Trevor Lawrence is not 100%. Trevor Lawrence is 100%. The Jags can out-offense pretty much anybody. But the fact is, he's not. The Saints secondary is good. The Saints don't pass rush anybody, and they still manage to hold opponents uh, to low scores because their secondary is good. Their run stuff is good, which is why I'm scared of Travis Etienne this week. If there was ever a spot where Travis Etienne just completely busts and scores eight points, this is the week. Because he's not going to, uh, you know, jump off the page efficiency-wise. Because this season he hasn't been great efficiency-wise. Outside of the top 40 in true yards per carry. Um, outside of the top 20 in breakaway run rate. He's not going to light it up against the Saints run defense. He's just not. He's going to be touchdown dependent. And then with the Vegas total at 39.5, are there going to be touchdowns in this game? I don't think so. I'm scared about him. I'm scared about Calvin Ridley. I'm scared about Alvin Kamara. Uh, because Jamal Williams could come back and instantly take up some of that goal line work. We're going to have to see what the splits are like. It's not a uh, game I'm willing to play to guess the Saints' backfield usage. Guys, you have to fire up. You have to start Christian Kirk. Well, you have to start Etienne and Ridley, first of all, if you're in uh, a start-sit league. You have to start Christian Kirk because no matter who's a quarterback, uh, he's been uh, you know, he's been the, the guy that somewhat gets open in the middle of the field um, and picks up those PPR points. Evan Engram, his volume has been fantastic. You have to start these guys, and you know, unless you're you're in a uh, you're in a 
a, in a league where you have multiple great tight ends. Evan Engram, you have to start him for that red zone threat that he is. Uh, you have to start Chris Olave. And uh, against this Jags defense, I feel like Chris Olave has to light it up. The Jags defense has been allowing – they allowed Michael Pittman to go off on them twice. No shade, Michael Pittman is an alpha. They allowed Tank Dell to have 145 yards, and they allowed Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis simultaneously cook when they were coming from behind in London. Um, but they allowed Sky Moore, who can't get open this season, to go off. Uh, you know, huge touchdown. They allowed Tank Dell, uh, the rookie, to have his breakout game of 145 yards. They allowed Janu Smith uh, to go off. Uh, this Jack secondary is not good, and they're hurt. Chris Olave sees the moment. You have to go off. And you have to start Chris Olave for that upside. Uh, but Michael Thomas has been getting red zone usage. And Derek Carr kind of force-feeding the ball to him. Rashid Shahid, a big play guy. He could, uh, you know, knock off a couple of big plays. And you might be looking at three receptions for 80 yards uh, for Rashid Shahid when it's all said and done. Rashid Shahid, a good best ball guy. Um, but I feel like this is the type of game that's that could see maybe one or two touchdowns max. Um, and it, it's going to come from one of them is going to come from a complete sleeper like a Jamal Agnew who hasn't even been getting much, much usage. But with Zay Jones out, they're going to have to use Jamal Agnew a little bit. Uh, and the Jags haven't been going deep in their bag to use the, the second, the third, the fourth guy on their depth chart. Uh, but Jamal Agnew has been getting some usage. Foster Moreau. Um, is an interesting tight end guy with Javon Juwan Johnson out. Obviously, Taysom Hill has been the guy, uh, and Chef says Taysom Hill again. Taysom Hill was probably the answer, as ugly as it may sound, to to who is the high upside saint tonight. Taysom Hill probably the answer, but if you're playing DFS, uh, I wouldn't mind a shot at Foster Moreau because Jimmy Graham has not been getting red zone usage. Foster Moreau, he's really only getting usage. Um, you know, he's been getting usage very seldom, but when he is, uh, he's catching the football, playing for his hometown team, the Saints. Really good story, Foster Moreau playing football this year. Uh, I wouldn't mind some Foster Moreau in DFS only, but this is a game you have to start your studs, but you're not feeling great about it. Um, and if you're in an eight-teamer, if you're in one of those leagues where you have like a top 12 upside guy on your bench, I wouldn't even mind benching Calvin Ridley. Um, and that's that's how... That's how scared I am of Calvin Ridley today, um, especially if Trevor Lawrence cannot go. And that's my Thursday Night Football preview. Uh, before we head on out out of here and uh, we end the show, uh, let me know if you want if you have any final questions about the Week 7 slate. A um, couple games I'm really looking forward to, Chargers-Chiefs. You know, we talked about the, the, uh, the Chiefs wide receiver not being good. You know what would be the wake-up call for the Chiefs to – pick up the phone and ask for some wide receivers. If the Chargers and Chiefs run a close game for a full four quarters and Justin Herbert, who just choked on primetime, he has a gate. He has a get right game, right? He missed Keenan Allen wide open a few times last week. He had a chance to, to tie the game, get in field goal range. And he threw a pick thrown to Quentin Johnston. The wake up call for the Chiefs would be to lose outright at Arrowhead because Justin Herbert trots down the field with Keenan Allen um, and Joshua Palmer and Gerald Everett and Patrick Mahomes tries to throw it to anybody other than Travis Kelsey, and it's unsuccessful. That would be the wake-up call. And uh, my final item on my show sheet for today just happens to be answering directly the question that Graphic13 is asking, which is my personal game of the week um, would be the Packers versus the Broncos. Jordan Love is coming off his worst start of the season where he had a 16.6 expected quarterback rating, a negative 16% completion percentage over expectation. He had a bye. And now Denver is the worst defense in the NFL. They rank number 32 in DVOA, bottom two against the pass, bottom two against the run. They've given up the most receiving yards, the highest yards per route run, the highest catch rate in the NFL, and they've given up the most touchdowns and the most yak. This Denver Broncos defense is the biggest disappointment on an NFL roster of the season. It is stunning. It is depressing to watch a defense that has guys like Justin Simmons, uh, you know, who was hurt for a little bit, but Patrick Sertan. It's depressing to watch a, a defense like this be this bad. But here's a take. And uh, before I give that, shout out to Billy Sandwiches. 
appreciate you. Appreciate you, Gra Graphic13, for joining us on Wake and Take this morning. And I'll leave you with a take this week. Not only does bad football player Romeo Dubs put up a decent game, not only does Jaden Reed show what he's all about against this Denver Broncos defense, Christian Watson is a top five wide receiver this week, and your quarterback number one, week seven, Jordan Love. That's what I'll leave you with. We appreciate you for joining Wake and Take, and we'll see you later. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.